Welcome back to another episode of the Joe Show. I know I'm a day late, but you know I had things going on yesterday. I just could I couldn't do an episode, but I'm here today doing another episode of Joe Show. Thanks everyone for uh, I've gotten a lot of good feedback on my interview that I did with Zach. I think that, I think that turned out quite well. Uh, thanks again for Zach for doing that with me. Um, I, I have another interview lined up potentially for next week. Uh, will be with a very, very special guest, something, someone that's very near and dear to the lives of Jacob and I, which will be a, a surprise. Hopefully I can get that worked out next week for you guys. Um, but today I want to do something a little bit more news-related. It's not an interview. It's more of a just what's in the news today. And it really has to do with this evict, uh, eviction moratorium. Um, that the Biden administration, the CDC are trying to do. And then if we have time, because I don't want to go over time today, if we have time, I might talk about something that I heard on the Tim Pool show with Charlie Kirk. And uh, it was a debate between Charlie Kirk and this guy, Vosh, from YouTube. Uh, and it was more something that Charlie Kirk said about uh, about freedom and stuff, that if we've got time, I'll get to that. Uh, but if we don't, uh, maybe we'll... I'll bring it up on Monday. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. This is The Joe Show, episode 11. Uh, it's kind of hard to believe I've done 11 of these already. Um, I didn't think this would last very long, but yet here we are. Uh, so what I want to talk about is the eviction moratorium and I guess more of the COVID craziness. I saw, I think it was yesterday, that the uh, Bill de Blasio, the very failed governor of New York, uh, basically issued a, a uh, vaccine mandate. Uh, it wasn't a mandate that everyone has to get the shot, but if you want to do anything of fun or anything um, that's amusing in New York City, like, I don't know, go out to eat or go to a gym or go to a show, you have to get vaccinated. And he's calling it, this is your key to the city. And it's uh, that is by, by way of a mandatory vaccine, which uh, is is completely bat guano crazy. Um, it, it's It's funny how... How the left and people on the left will say, you know, they used to be, you know, very anti-big pharma and things like that. They used to be very skeptical of these big corporations, and rightly so for a lot of them. But when it comes to the vaccine, uh, they just kind of throw all of that out the window and say, well, it doesn't really matter, you know, what the efficacy of it is. If it's safe, it's not safe, it's effective, it's not effective, whatever, just get it. And it's like, well, you do realize that. These vaccines were made with taxpayer dollars, and no one is allowed to sue these pharmaceutical companies if there's complications, if they die from it, if they have some kind of life-altering event that happens after getting this vaccine. They're not allowed to be sued for any of that. And it's like, well, how, how are you supporting this, the big pharma? And it's like, well, we know we don't support big pharma. We just want you to get the vaccine so we're all safe. It's like, mm-hmm, no, no, you are by way of supporting these big pharma companies. Uh, corporations by uh, supporting mandatory vaccinations, which I, 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 I am willing to admit when I'm wrong, and I, am, I was wrong about vaccine passports and mandatory vaccines. I didn't think it was going to happen because I, I had thought, wrongly, I had thought that uh, I thought we were past all this. I thought the water, you know, I thought the, it was water on the bridge at this point, that no one, we're not going back to lockdowns, we're not going back to... Uh, vaccine passports it's just not going to happen because people are fed up with this well uh i, I was <laughs> i think jacob or maybe not so much jacob but i think i think i was just wrong about that 
Uh, it, it turns out people do want this. Uh, unfortunately, people do want to know if their neighbors have gone undergone a medical procedure. Because uh, now you have people on, on the Tweety and other things saying that, you know, I have a right to know if everyone on this train or this plane or going into this restaurant has been vaccinated or not. It's like, well, no, you don't. I mean, you didn't really care about the flu vaccine, you know, before COVID. No one really cared about that. So uh, it's, you know, we talked about, I talked about that on Monday um, about with the Alan Dershowitz thing about having a right to know, like you don't have a constitutional right to know whether or not someone next to you has undergone a particular medical procedure. So anyway, uh, hopefully Jacob will be feeling better by tomorrow. I know he's got some big things going on tomorrow, uh, uh, which I won't get into on the podcast because it's, I let him announce those things. Um, but he has, he's been feeling a little under the weather here recently, so hopefully he'll be feeling better by Friday. If not by Friday, um, then we'll, we'll be back on, he'll, he and I will be back together on Monday, and then he'll be back the following Friday. So if there's no show Friday, it's because Jacob's not feeling good and I can't physically do an episode because I will be in, <laughs> I'll be at work, slaving away at work. You know what? Scratch that. I, I like what I do, so I can't, I can't say I like what I do. Anyway, so... Uh, the I the things behind the eviction moratorium that just proves yet again that Milton Friedman was right. Milton Friedman, the great uh, free market economist of the Chicago School, he's not Austrian Chicago, but he's still pretty cool. Um, had a famous quote uh, one time that he had said, "There's nothing more. Uh, there's nothing more. Oh, I forget now. I, I you know as soon as I hit record, I always forget these quotes that I can always recite just off the." Uh, <laughs> Uh, off the top of my head, it's it's like there's nothing more temporary than a, a government, or there's nothing more um, temporary than a government program. Um, I think I butchered that. I can't remember what it is now. Um, anyway, so Milton Freeman had this quote that there's nothing uh, about government programs that how they always last forever is that there's nothing temporary about it. It just goes on and on and on and on, and that is certainly true with his eviction moratorium. So the eviction moratorium was originally put in place by the CDC. Now, where the CDC got this authority back in September of last year, to the CDC said that you know you're not allowed to uh, landlords are not allowed to evict people from their homes. Where they got that authority from, I I have no idea. I haven't the foggiest. Well, they kept extending it and extending it and extending it. Well, they just did it again, along with the Biden administration. Um, to uh, to extend it again so people wouldn't be allowed to be um, evicted from their homes. Uh, from the article that I'm reading from from fee.org, which I will uh, again link to so everyone can go read this for that for themselves. Um, the the author of this article wrote in September of 2020 that uh, from Dacronian lockdowns uh, powers to taking over the rental housing market is extremely unlikely. Our elected officials will cede. All the authority they've seized during the pandemic, uh, well, they will give up that authority. Uh, we are now witnessing my prediction play out in real time. That prediction is, okay, once they have taken this power, they're never going to give it back. That's the reason why there's always, there's this push. There's this, there's the, the we're in suspended animation, if you will, whether or not Joe Biden's going to mandate vaccines on a national level or he's going to, uh, do lockdowns again from the White House, for, not a national level. We're all in this kind of suspended animation. We don't know if it's going to happen yet or not. 
So under the Biden under the Biden administration's purview, the CDC just unilaterally renewed its so-called eviction moratorium. It did uh, it did so after the nationwide near ban on an, on evictions of non-paying tenants, which expired this past Saturday, and in spite of Congress not passing legislation to renew it. So, from what I understand, what was supposed to happen was is that okay, the CDC said we can't evict anybody. Okay, whatever, fine. Well. Everyone's okay. Well, we gotta have some congressional legislation to back this up because if the CDC the CDC can say, okay, you can't evict anybody, then they think they literally say they can do anything. If they say that landlords are not allowed to evict people out of their homes, then what's to tell them? What's to say they can stop uh, stop them from uh, mandating everyone has to get one of these three or four vaccines or one of everyone is forced to wear a mask. The CDC has no authority to do those things. They can make recommendations, and a lot of them have been wrong, but they have no force behind them. The new CDC order is somewhat more limited than the original one, claiming that only areas with substantial and high levels of COVID-19 community transition transmission. But this reportedly applies to roughly 90% of the U.S. under the CDC's definition. The two-month extension will now run until October 3rd, which presumably, which presumably they will again be pushed for its extension. So they have on, until October 3rd to uh, extend it or get rid of it. Uh, I'm hearing that the Biden administration, this is the last time. No, we're not going to do it anymore. It's like, well, you, you, you just extended it yet again, even though you have no authority to do so. This is what the CDC director said. The emergence of the Delta variant has led to a rapid acceleration of community transition uh, and transmission in the United States, putting more Americans at increased risk, especially if they are un unvaccinated. The moratorium is the right thing to do to keep people in their homes and out of congregate, congregated uh, settings where COVID-19 spreads. Um, okay, that, that may or may not be true. I, I'm not, I don't really, um, the part about trans, the spreading of it, okay, that may or may not be true. Um, but as far as is the right thing to do, well, I'm sorry, man, but can you show me where you have the authority to do this? You know, are you, is there going to be any kickback to the landlords who are not getting paid rent fees? What about the rent? What about the landlords? I know everybody likes to hate on the landlords, but you know, they got, they got kids to feed. They got bills to pay too. Is there any retribution for them? My guess, no, because everybody hates landlords which I don't quite understand why, but we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, back, the, the article goes on to say, the CDC is renewing this policy yet again, even though the Supreme Court only narrowly it upheld its last iteration. Uh, Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh spe specifically wrote that clear and specific congressional authorization, new legislation, would be necessary for the CDC to extend the mandatorium past July 31st. So, in other words, the CDC has no authority to do this. Zero. Zip. Nada. Not one iota of, of authority do they have to extend a, an eviction moratorium. Nor does the Biden administration. So, neither one of them can extend this. The short version, the CDC does not have authority to do this. Well, I, yeah. Uh, and guess who agrees? Of course, the Biden administration agrees with this. The White House officials have report, repeatedly acknowledged that the federal government lacks congressional authority to review the order without Congress. Biden even said that. He had said, uh, I think more than once, that he didn't have the uh, authority to do that. But yet, here we are, 
<laughs> here we are. Uh, he you know, links to a, a Twitter post, and the this is from you can when you look at the article, you can see the guy's name. Uh, at the this this the guy he's talking about at the White House press briefing says the CDC looked into but was unable to find legal authority for a possible more targeted moratorium directed at communities with high transmission rates. Uh, Sperling asked about uh, contention from Dems. Uh, CDC should go ahead with the moratorium extension. Quote, on this particular issue, the president has not kicked, has not only kicked the tires, he has double, triple, quadruple checked. It has been made clear, Sperling says, legal authority isn't there. So there's been more, um, there's more and more, it's been proven that he doesn't have the authority to do this. No one has the authority to do this. Uh, but this renewal is more than just an example of fragrant lawlessness and unconstitutional government overreach. It is more uh, illustration of the principle described by Milton Friedman when he said nothing is uh, so no, nothing is so permanent as a temporary government program. Of course, I, that, that's that's the quote that I was trying to use earlier. But I, for some reason, I can't remember quotes when I hit record. It's 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 a whole thing. It's it's a whole thing. Nothing is more temporary. Nothing is more permanent than a temporary government program. Well, I wonder, Milton, if you had ever thought about your negative income tax. But anyway, never mind. That's, that's a side point. Of course, Milton Freeman is exactly right. There's nothing more permanent than a temporary government program. I mean, let's just think about all of the, uh, the law or all the programs about the, the war on drugs or the war on terrorism or all these things, right? The war on whatever. Ideally, these things have, have an endpoint at some point. They're not supposed to go on forever, ideally, but as we have found out, even as the wars in the Middle East supposedly wind down, uh, the, the war on terrorism is being turned inward to so-called militia groups and white supremacists and whatnot. They're using the Patriot Act that was originally designed to go after terrorists uh, on the, in, the, in the international world or on the international stage is now being turned inward, Right. You see how that happens. You see how there's all these programs that the government does to fight, uh, you know, all these three-letter organizations the government sets up to fight whatever. They say it's only temporary, but yet here we are, 20, 30 years later, and we're still doing these things. And this kind of gets to the larger point of, okay, well, if people aren't paying rent, well, at some point, someone's going to have to pay these bills because you can't do this forever. You can't rack up credit card debt forever. At some point, the credit card company is going to want you to pay the interest, if not the principal, on your debt that you have racked up. Same thing goes for the, the landlords. At some point, they have to pay the bills to fix stuff at the apartment complex, right? Because as a renter, if the, the washing machine goes out, the landlord has to fix it. That's kind of how renting works for a lot of people in certain areas. So if you're not paying your rent and he doesn't have the cash on hand to fix these things, well, you're going out with a washing machine or a dishwasher or a water heater or, man, the roof really needs to, needs to be replaced. Well, there's no money there, so I guess you're going to have to be stuck with a leaky roof. You know, what's also funny is that all of these renters that are not paying rent who got stimulus checks... Well, they're buying all these kind, all kinds of stuff with stimulus checks. They're going on vacation because they're not having to pay rent. Now, some of them could afford to pay rent, but they're like, why would I pay rent if I don't have to? So they're going on vacations. They're buying new cars. They're doing all this and all that. Meanwhile, the landlord is like, I don't know if I can keep this place open much longer. 
So it's it's a lose-lose no matter what. Because at some point, these people are going to have to pay rent, and they may not have the money, and they're going to be forced out anyway. And then there's the problem of, according to this article, uh, the moratorium has created a $21 billion backlog in unpaid rent, and millions of evictions will occur when this is allowed to expire. The costs grow even bigger with every day it's left in place, which is, again, exactly right. So it's $21 billion today. By the time this is eventually over, it could be 40 It could be $50 billion in unpaid rent. Do you think landlords are just going to be able to write that off? No, of course not. It, it's, I, I, and I, I don't understand the hatred towards landlords. I, sure, some landlords, I'm sure, are jerks. They're, they're, they're awful people. I'm sure that's true for some of them. But some of, but some landlords are working class people who don't make as much money as some people think they do. Right? Some of them might, might be a little, you know, you know, mean because you know they're responsible for this entire complex. If this whole thing goes under, not only do they lose their home, but they lose their job. And now they're on the, on the street just like you. So I think a little respect is in order. that should go both ways. But I just, I, it's, it's uneconomic. It is, um, there is, for anyone who supports this, not only is it uneconomic, but it's just wrong. Because you can't do this forever. If everyone just decided to not pay their mortgage if you owned a home because, you know, well, COVID and people aren't working, well, who's, whose fault is that? It's not COVID's fault. It's the government's fault for shutting everybody down. It's not, it's not the renter's fault because he can't pay his rent. It's the government's fault for taking his, his, his ability away from making money to pay his rent. Right? I know I've said this a million times, but... COVID didn't shut down America. Didn't sh- COVID didn't shut down the economy. COVID didn't allow people to go to work. It was the government that was the one who told people not to go to work, to stay home, who told people that they were unessential, even though every job that puts food on the table is essential. But yet they have the arrogance and the, the um, not only the arrogance, but the, uh, but the privilege of those in in the higher up in the government, in the White House and the CDC and the WHO, whatever they had the arrogance and the privilege of saying, "Well, these jobs are essential; these jobs aren't essential." It's like I'm sorry, but any job that pays a bill is essential because those bills pay for other people's lives. <laughs> it's true; it's hundred percent true. Now, thankfully, uh, I did see this right before I started recording that uh, there is a realtor group that's suing the Biden administration over this uh, eviction moratorium. It's uh, it's called the Alabama Association of Realtors on Thursday filed a lawsuit in federal court in Washington, D.C., uh, challenging the latest eviction moratorium, citing the Biden administration action, quote, nakedly political and lawful, unlawful action. Uh, they say that the CDC caved to political pressure to extend the moratorium without providing any legal basis. The emergency, uh, emergency notion says, in substance, in effect, the CDC's latest action is an extension of the same unlawful ban on evictions that has been in effect since September of 2020. And, of course, they cite Justice Kavanaugh's ruling or his opinion on the, on the matter um, about how they had to get some more uh, congressional legislation passed. And uh, this kind of uh, this is another point, is that if you don't pay your rent... Uh, you don't own the place you are living in. 
because you are renting it. So if you are choosing not to pay the rent, you are in effect stealing. So you're a thief. So if you're a thief, then you should be thrown out because you are not, uh, you know, you're not upholding your end of the contract. The contract is you pay the landlord to rent this house, room, apartment, whatever, and you agree to pay X amount of dollars each month. That's the contract. Well, if you're saying, well, I don't want to. Well, he has every right and the obligation to throw you out because you're stealing. And you can't look at that any other way. I know that sounds harsh. I know that might sound mean. But if we get to a point where no one's paying rent, well, then no one's going to have a place to live at some point. This isn't that hard. I mean, this really isn't that hard to conceive of. It's not a hard concept. Um, this is kind of just like, it's not really economics, if you will. It's just basic logic, as, as Spock would say. Logic would pertain. Um, I can't do a Spock voice, but you, I think you understand where I'm going with that. Um, so what's the alternative? Well, the alternative is, is that you end the eviction moratorium today. And yes, what, millions of people would be homeless. But they're going to be homeless regardless. Because if they can't afford to pay rent now, how are they going to be able to afford to pay rent in two months from now? If they're not making enough money to pay rent now, well, who's to say they will in two months? Well, no one is. Or maybe I am. But, so, either you, either you rip off the band-aid and deal with the problem now, or you keep putting it off and putting it off, and now more and more Americans, more and more renters are going to be uh, in the balance, or they're going to be a teetering on the edge of destruction of not having a home. Now, is this a catastrophe? Yes, this is a 100% catastrophe. This is 100%. This is 100% avoidable from the get-go. If you hadn't decided to to lock down the economy, to lock everybody in their homes, if people were allowed to work, if we didn't have this so-called not essential and non-essential workers, this would have never been a problem in the first place. This is a 100% lays at the feet of the CDC, the Trump administration, and the Biden administration. This is 100% their fault. So if anyone should get stimulus checks or anything like that, it should be to these landlords because they didn't ask for this. No one asked for this. And I can guarantee you there will be no retribution for them. Just like all the folks that lost their business if they had a small restaurant or a hair salon or whatever and they had to close last year, there's no retribution for that. It's like, oh, well, you're just collateral damage. Sorry. Nothing I can do for you. That's evil. That should not be happening. We should not allow that to happen again. And then I, um, shifting gears a little bit, I saw this piece from uh, the judge, Angie DiPolitano, uh, on, on the internets. Uh, it's called Freedom in the Coming Time of Madness. And I think I'm going to read the whole piece. It's not very long, but it's I think it's a good little piece about kind of where I think we're going and how we really now is the time to decide if we're going to let this happen again. So he says, sadly, we are approaching a time in America during our elected public, which our elected public officials will assault the liberties we have hired them to protect. Whatever the cause, the government will soon blame its failures to contain a virus on a small portion of the population and then uh, impose restriction on the, the inalienable rights of all of us. We cannot permit this to happen again. 
During the Civil War, when President Abraham Lincoln thought it expedient to silence those in northern states who challenges his wartime decisions by incarcerating them in military prisons, he was rebuked afterward, afterward by a unanimous Supreme Court. The, uh, the, uh, the essence of the, of, that, of the rebuke was not only a matter of the state difficulties, whether, uh, whether war or uh, prescience, the Constitution protects our natural rights, and its provisions are to be upheld when they pinch, uh, as well as when they comfort, in good times and in bad. Whether COVID-19 is coming back or not, our central planners have panicked. We do not have a free market in the United States in delivery of health care. Rather, we have thousands of pages of statutes, regulations, and control and controls at the federal, state, and local levels. Uh, those controls were revealed as manifestly deficient in, in the last time around. The feds were so protective of their control of health care and area of governance that the Supreme Court has ruled is nowhere delegated to them in the Constitution, and but for their power to tax those who defy them is non-existent. That they insist that only the Center for Disease Control and, Present and, and Prevention in Atlanta could be trusted to test the virus. Uh, it took two weeks of begging by governors and mayors and healthcare professionals for the feds to relent. Of course, once they acknowledged that the labs throughout the country were as uh, com compl uh, complacent as theirs, uh, they realized that the that their incompetence had derived all physical, all physicians as well as most private sector and state government-owned labs of test kits themselves. We all know how central economies plan diminishes freedom, produces the scarcity, and produces scarcity and adds to the cost of products. We we now we now we know that central micromanagement of healthcare kills people. But these mayors and governors were not to be outdone by the feds in their totalitarian impulses. Many of them issued decrees that are so profoundly unconstitutional as Lincoln's efforts to, sil to silence dissent. They ordered the closing of most businesses and nearly all retail establishments. They acted as, as if they, and, and not we, owned our faces. They shuttered religious institutions. It took a year for the courts to interfere partially with this madness. The fulfillment of these totalitarian impulses has put millions of out of work, closed and destroyed thousands of businesses, and impaired the fundamental rights of tens of millions, all in, a violate, all in violation of numerous uh, sections of the Constitution that totalitarians swore to uphold. And they are now threatening to do this again. The Contracts Clause of the Constitution prohibits the states from interfering with lawful contracts, such as leases and, unemployment agree and employment agreements. The Due Process Clause of the, of the 14th Amendment prohibits the states from interfering with life, liberty, or property without a trial at which the states must prove fault. The Takings Clause of the 5th Amendment requires just compensation for uh, when the state meaningfully interferes with an owner's uh, chosen lawful use of his property. I'm going to stop right there. Of course, the 5th Amendment says it's talking about eminent domain. Um, so if the government decides to take a piece of property, they have to reimburse you for the value of that property. Well, the same argument can be used for those businesses that were shut down. If you're going to shut these businesses down, you have to give them the amount of money that they, that they would have made over that period of time. Otherwise, it's just theft. Um, yeah, back to the article. Taken together, these clauses reveal significant prote uh, protections of private property in the Constitution. Add to this that the threat of punishment that accompanied these decrees and the fact that they were, uh, were executive decrees, not legislation. 
and one can see the paramount rejection of basic democratic and constitutional principles in the minds and words and deeds of those who perpetrated them. And to all of this, this the protection of the First Amendment of the rights to worship and associate, and, and elsewhere the judicial recognition to right to travel, and it is clear that the nanny state rules who profoundly who were profoundly unconstitutional, indisputable, indisputably unlawful, and utterly unworthy of respect or compliance. Why is this happening again? Throughout history, free people have been willing to accept the devil's bargain of trading liberty for safety when they are fearful. We spinely accept the shallow and hollow uh, offers of the government that, that somehow less liberty equals more safety. It doesn't. This is the government's dream. Dominance without resistance. This happened here with the Alien Sedition Act of 1970s, of the 1790s, when the Federalists feared a second revolution and punished speech critical of them. During the Civil War, when Lincoln feared dissent and Congress feared defeat, they locked up innocents during World War I when President, uh, when President Woodrow Wilson punished this, that speech he hated and feared. During the Great Depression, when uh, FDR feared economic calamity and seized property without compensation. And after 9-11, fearing another attack, Congress secretly uh, crafted the Patriarch's circumvention of the Fourth Amendment and authorized the creation of a total surveillance state. Of course, just a year ago, we free people were in so-called lockdown, a word used to describe confining prisoners to their cells. This sword history came about when the public was fearful of the unknown and trustful of the government's bargain. But the liberty that was sacrificed for the safety that was promised is being taken away again. Liberty is natural and personal. It is us, and you sacrifice your. You can sacrifice yours, but you cannot sacrifice mine. Thus, personal liberty and the Declaration of Independence calls for our rights in, in, inalienable. In the ninth, in the Ninth Amendment, reflects freedom's nature as limitless, is isolated from totalitarian, even from a marginalitarian interference. Today, we fear of contagion again gives government uh, cover for for its assaults on freedom and poses a question that the government does not want to answer. If liberty can be taken away in times of crisis, is it really liberty or is it just a license via a temporary government permission slip subject to the whims of politicians in power? We cannot permit this to happen again. Of course, the judge is 100% right on all of this. Is that, you know, the con- you know the conservatives like the the Constitution thumpers, as I like to call them, um, they talk a great game about the First Amendment and the Constitution, how it's supposed to limit the government. But yet, the question I always ask is, okay, did the Constitution does the Constitution authorize the current government we have, or has it been helpless to avoid it or prevent it? Well, the answer is very clear. It's both. Because politicians on both sides will find any and every little piece in the Constitution that they will use to justify their position. And those of us will say, well, even though the Constitution says this, that they can't do X, Y, and Z, they still did it. See, the Constitution did nothing. And that kind of gets to the, the question that I, or the, the conversation I heard on, on the Tim Pool show about how Vosh calls himself a uh, a progressive, li- not progressive libertarian, a socialist libertarian or a left libertarian, which 
uh, doesn't exist in nature. It's kind of a, a made-up term. I don't, I don't. Left libertarian is it's an oxymoron, and I, we don't. I don't want. I don't have time to get into that today. But uh, Charlie Kirk asked Vosh about what he wants in society, and Vosh said, "I just want freedom for the event for the individual. I want. I don't. Uh, I don't trust power sources. I just want." people to, to be free to do whatever they want. And of course, Charlie comes back with the traditional conservative retort, and he's like, well, that sounds like degeneracy to me. Like, you want people to be able to sell drugs, use drugs, you know, prostitution, things like that. You want people to be able to sell drugs to kids? And it's like, well, no. I, you know, you can't do anything that harms another person, because if you harm another person, you take their rights away, right? If you were to if you were to steal someone's car, yes, that you are violating someone's rights. And he says, well, well, then you believe in a conservative, you know, you you're conservative in that way. It's like, no, that's not conservative at all. That's just <laughs> that's just right and wrong. It's nothing conservative about it. But the conservatives will say, well, we don't want people to take drugs or engage in prostitution. Therefore, we have to have laws against it. Well, I hate to break it to you, conservatives. You can pass all the laws you want, but people are still engaging in prostitution and buying and selling drugs. If someone were to sell drugs to you, um, that's a personal decision, right? They say, well, drugs harm people. Yes, they do. But you know what also harms people? McDonald's, Coca-Cola, right? We have an obesity problem in America. We have a problem. People consume way too much sugar. My mom and I had a conversation about this, and she was like, you know how much people, how much, how many pounds of sugar people consume uh, in a in a year here in America, I was like, I don't know, maybe 20, 25 pounds. No, it's 150 pounds of sugar people consume every year. Fast, you know, rewind 100 years ago, it was not even not even 10 pounds of sugar people consumed. And where is the sugar coming from? It's coming from soda. It's coming from everything that you buy at the supermarket. It's coming from these fast food restaurants. You talk about you know the, the diets of Americans. You, look look what look at what people are eating. Fast food. All of this food is terrible for you, but yet that's okay. We're allowed to do that. You're allowed to eat yourself to death, and that's perfectly fine. You won't throw the companies in jail. You won't throw the workers in jail. You won't throw the people in jail. You can eat till you explode, but don't you dare smoke weed because you might harm somebody. You might leave a fatherless or a motherless home. You might, you might do something irrational. It's like, well, you know, we're killing ourselves over here eating McDonald's every day, but you know, smoking weed, that's that's the real problem. That's what we really gotta look out for. It's like no 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 no. And furthermore, throwing someone in a cage doesn't deal with the problem of addiction. Because when you get right down to it, it doesn't really matter if it's drugs, alcohol, uh, sugar, caffeine, whatever. It's addiction that's the problem. It's not a criminal problem, that's a medical problem. You shouldn't deal with people that have an addiction problem by throwing them in jail, right? We don't throw drunks in jail because they're drunk. You send them to AA. You send them to get better. You send them to rehab. You don't throw them in jail. And there's always the, the argument that Dave Smith makes from part of the problem. He says, I don't think that uh, prison rape is a good way to deal with addiction. Because there's, a, there's, a, there's, an, there's an epidemic of prison rape that goes on in, in jails here in America. So you want to subject people who, who had maybe just a gram or had a joint on them to prison rape? Is that really going to deal with their addiction? No, it's not. It's a very inhumane way of dealing with these things. 
and then the conservatives will come back with, well, are you glorifying? Are you uh, are you trying to normalize it? No, I'm, I'm not normalizing drug use or prostitution. I don't want people to do those things. I want I I do I will I would do everything in my power if I knew someone that was engaging in those things, whether drugs, prostitution, whatever, to get out to not do those things because those things are immoral. They're 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 harmful to you, just as is chugging you know the the big gulp from the the, the gas station. So no, if I would not I wouldn't sell drugs. I would I would advise everyone not to do those things because they're harmful to you. But I don't think you should be thrown in jail for it. I don't think I don't think a prison sentence is a good way to deal with those things. So they shouldn't be normalized. They shouldn't be championed. That's where the that's where libertarians and a lot of folks go wrong. Is that they'll say, well, no, it shouldn't be illegal. Therefore, we have to champion. No, you don't have to champion it. What about selling drugs to minors? No, that you should not be allowed to do that. You, I don't think children uh, up to a certain age know what they're getting into. So if you're trying to sell drugs to 10 and 12-year-olds, no, you should go to jail for that because you're a scumbag. <laughs> what about child pornography? Yeah, you, you children do not know what they are doing. If you are engaging in that and making that, you should go to jail for a very, very long time because you're harming and endangering a minor that, has, that will have to deal with those things for the rest of their, li- of their lives. So no, you should go to jail for that. This isn't that hard. If you do something that physically harms somebody or financially harm somebody, that's a problem. You can't allow that to happen. You should go to jail for those things. But if you're altering your state of, uh, if you are altering your state of consciousness by ingesting certain drugs or whatever, or you, uh, or you're smoking, or you're, um, or you know, you're you're eating the Big Macs and sucking down the big gulps, uh, you shouldn't go to jail for that. That's a personal decision you make. That's the thing about freedom that the conservatives love to talk about, is that personal responsibility. Well, personal responsibility is a double-edged sword. Yes, you can choose to do the things that are good for you and that leads to a, a more fulfilling life. But you can also choose to do things that lead to a very unfulfilling life or down a path of destruction. But you have to allow people to make those decisions. Because the moment you step in and say you're not allowed to make that decision for yourself, you open yourself up to all kinds of trouble. You open yourself up to where, well, okay, well, who's going to be the one to enforce these things? It's going to be the government. And you think they're going to stop there? No, they're not going to stop there. It's always, it's always, the government always has a war on cancer, war on drugs, war on whatever. And those things are always more harmful. They never have the intended outcomes that they originally sought after so and then he said something else about how you know we should raise people we should raise kids and people to be um they're talking about you know respecting the country and being you know grateful for where you live and i'm all for that that's fine but charlie was coming from the point of view of well you have to respect the nation we have to be united as a nation and i'm like no we don't no no you don't i don't think people should be you know, we should be thinking as a collective, as a nation. That That's stupid. I think, if anything, you shouldn't be a proud to be an American. You should be a proud to be a Floridian or a Georgian or a Californian or a New Yorker or a, a South Dakotian, if that's how they say, or a Texan. People shouldn't think of themselves as Americans. They should think of themselves as, hey, I'm from Texas or I'm from Florida, right? 
you know, I, I, Jacob and I were born in, in Florida. We live in Georgia now. But man, I am sure, I am sure glad to be a, a, a Floridian with someone like uh, Ron DeSantis in charge down there. Basically saying, you know, you're, if, if the government wants, if Biden wants to mandate masks or vaccinations, like he's, he's basically saying, I'm standing in the way of that. Doing what a governor should do. I mean, I'd be proud to be a Floridian right now if I was living there. And so we had to put up with our idiot governor here in Georgia, who is always late to the party. But that's another story. So no, you shouldn't think of yourselves as an American. You should think of yourselves, hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Georgian. I'm a Floridian. Well, but let's take that a step further. People shouldn't be so concerned about the nation. People should be concerned about their community, their family, their kids. Your first priority is not to your nation. Your first priority is to those around you. Whether that's your family, your friends, your children, your community. That's who your first priority is when it comes to being, you know, part of a country or a state or a community. Right? People shouldn't be worried about taking care of the nation. They should be worried about taking care of their family. Taking care of their kids and their community. Because you can't have a nation if you don't have communities and families. Right? The, the family is really the backbone of, of any civilization. So before you can even think about, well, I'm an American, you, you got to think about, well, you know, I got to think about my county, my church, my Boy Scout group, my, my family, my kids, my schools. That's where it starts first. And they, then it can grow from there. But they, they, the conservatives push this thing about nationalism so hard, but yet they, you know, they talk a good game about the family, but they really don't do anything about it. Yeah, you gotta you gotta wave the flag. You gotta sing the national anthem. It's like, well, man, our, our families are struggling here. Divorce rates are, are 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 higher than they've ever been. Suicide rates are higher than they've ever, than they've ever been for teenagers. You know, we got problems with kids not doing well in school. We got problems in churches. We got people not going to church if if that's what you want to do. There's a there is a true degeneracy problem in our culture. With whether it's entertainment, music, movies, Hollywood, uh, in athletics, especially on the national level with football and baseball and even some of these Olympic athletes, there's a real problem there. So you got to fix those problems first before you can start thinking about the nation as a whole. And, you know, hopefully once people deal with those problems at home, they really won't really be worried about what other states are doing. Because you, know, you can't you can't look at what's going on in California and criticize them if you've got rising crime rates in your own city, like if you live in you know Chicago or whatever. It's like no, if you live in Chicago, you should not have any opinions on what what people are doing in different cities or different states. Like you've got a real problem in Chicago with crime. It's always been that way, and it's it's always gotten it's always like continuously getting worse. But like you've got to deal with those problems first before you can ever think about doing anything else. So, and that's one of the reasons why I just, I, I don't, I'm, that's one of the reasons I'm not a conservative and I don't uh, like conservatism because conservatives will just say stop. And that's where, that's where it ends. They don't fight. They don't do anything. They just say stop. And then the left and the, the progressive movements and the postmodernists always get end up getting what they want in the end because conservatives don't put up a real fight because they're like, well, we're, we we reject change. We just want to do. We just want to deal with tradition, and we're just going to say stop to the progressive movement. And it's like, well, if you're not offering anything new to the table, 
Because eventually things do need to change around at some point. They just say, stop, we're not doing that right now. It's like, well, you know, you do need to have some reform somewhere. You do need to change some things. You can't just say stop and just hope the problem goes away because it's not how things work, unfortunately. But anyway, that's it for today. Uh, of course, we went over time, but, you know, whatever. Uh, Jacob will hopefully be back on Friday. Maybe he'll do a live stream. Maybe it'll just be audio only. We'll see what happens. Uh, but then he and I will be back together on on Monday um, with the with the Sending Brothers show. It's going to be a jam-packed show. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but it's always going to be fun. And then I'll be back here again next week, possibly with another with another interview. So until the until then, folks, thanks for listening.